The Fargo Five. I'm Conrad Fargo. We're here. Fargo Famous. We've got Tony Tilton. Hello, Tony. Hi, Conrad. Thanks for coming on today. You are with Moorhead Public Access, but more importantly, ValleyCon. I'm the chairman of ValleyCon. That's correct. Now, ValleyCon is the longest-running, most attendest most attended largest festival of popular culture featuring sci-fi fantasy comics anime horror gaming and film and tv that's right in between basically between minneapolis and seattle we've been around a long time this is valley count 48 48 years. 48 moving on 50 years yep that's as long longer than i've been alive <laughs> that's that's impressive and so what um how you are the chair of that yes how did you get to be the chair of valley count well that's a long story. Um, when I was a kid, I went to my first ValleyCon. That was ValleyCon 3. Wow. And it was at the Sons of Norway. Um, and um, kind of, you know, was just getting into comic books. Had a paper route. My brother and I both had paper routes, so we yeah. had some money to burn. And how old were you at this time? God, I can't remember what it was, 10, 11, 12 years old, somewhere in there. Okay. And um, so after a year or two of going to them, I joined uh, joined up while I was in high school and um, helped to run things for a little bit then. Um, I had, even at that early age, I had a lot of professional background in theater and you know, stuff through my parents. And um, I started working at KTHI at the time, back in when I was a junior in high school. Um, so I joined the club and helped to run it for a little bit. Went off to the Navy, and then when I came back, um, I joined up again. To bump it up a bit with ValleyCon, yeah, ValleyCon. Okay, so, and so this first one, this uh, the first one you went to, number three, that was in 1975. No, no, it was it was later than that. Um, 85. Uh, no, I'm doing math here. I'm no, standing here was, trying um, to think. It was it, there was a couple of, there's a couple of ValleyCons that were two years together. So I mean it's 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 um, 48th annual ValleyCon of 47 years. It was 76 was the first ValleyCon. Okay, so it would have been 78. 79 somewhere like when that. i so because you guys are everything gosh i don't know what it what is the theme here i you well, between sci-fi and fantasy yeah, well, valley kind of started as a comic book show yeah it, it was a comic book vendor show with showing films and costume contests a basic convention back in when in the 70s conventions were just starting to really take off the they space, weren't even a thing really well i mean they started getting big with the star trek conventions in the early 70s when star trek was originally on the air it went off the air um went into syndication became a huge hit in syndication yeah um and huh. all the fans started doing conventions they had one in new york that they thought would get 300 people and they had 15,000 people wow out. and this is when the in the original crew was going to and they were astounded and that's kind of what kicked off all of that stuff uh-huh um there had been conventions before i mean i i don't want to you know world fantasy conventions have been around for, since the 40s but really this kind of convention is where it started in that at that time so fargo picked it up and rudy sigmund uh owned the fantasy collector it was the first comic book store uh in fargo and it used to be on 8th street right uh just half a block south of maine oh and um where that it's now that's sanford right like that's a parking no, isn't that a parking lot <laughs> no 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 it's it's um no there's a little boutique shop there still um, oh over near nicole's yeah near yeah, nicole's yeah, okay yeah yeah nicole's, now i can picture it was dutch made growing up for us um oh wow but but yeah it was just yeah a couple doors north of that and um next door was uh ernie's used bookstore which was a mainstay old used bookstore yeah um so you'd go in there and ernie'd be smoking constantly and everything <laughs> so all the books smelled like cigarette smoke but i mean i got a lot of you you know used paperbacks cheap back in the day 
So as a, you know, as a kid growing up, we, that was it was inexpensive. Yeah. To go and collect. So what know. was your draw to ValleyCon? So you were really into comic books, or well, you yeah, were a Trekkie, or all of we the above? We were into um, comics and uh, and collecting in sci-fi fantasy. You got to realize back then it was not like it is now. You yeah. Had three channels of television. Yeah. You had you had to go to movies when they came out. Uh huh. You, you didn't see older films except on TV. And uh, even shows like Star Trek, you'd only see in syndication. So it was a, it was hard to find stuff. So you, an event like this was like, oh, cool, we got to go and check it out. It's all these vendors with all this stuff. Um, and we'd go nuts spending a lot of money there. Because that yeah. would be the only way you would ever maybe meet another Trekkie. Very much Right? So. Because, yeah. like, today you can you, you can meet 100,000 people right. on the Internet. Right. But you didn't have the Internet back then. Nope. This and so a way to meet people. And, and – um, and just go and have fun, and you know it was costume contest, and it, it wasn't Halloween, so you could you could do it, you know, at different times and stuff like that. Valley Camp was always in the fall, um, usually in September, actually, for a long time. It was early mid September uh, for the first several years. But you know, I I joined up as a member of the of the thing because Rudy started Valley Camp, but he only ran it for the first year and then other people took over from there and turned it into a it was a club it's, um what we wind up doing is after I joined I we run a couple of these events and I said you know we need to have some kind of non-profit status because this is kind of dangerous just running this as a club function yeah 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 you know tax issues and everything uh-huh, else uh-huh. so um I wrote the non-profit Paperwork and this was long before it was filling the blank. You had to research it in the yeah. law in the law library. So Valleycon's a five hundred one c three. Well, it's no, it's not a five hundred one c three. It is a nonprofit organization. We didn't get the tax exempt thing because we didn't pursue it at the time. I see. So, um, so we go through a different five hundred one c three for Valleycon. Hmm. Um, but the thing is, is that um, we did get our, an official nonprofit organization, um, and we've had that ever since since the early 80s um so valley kind started off that way um i was part of it i left came back and then when i came back after the service um i wasn't involved for several years i was married and she was not into stuff at all so <laughs> after after we divorced after about four you know a couple of years uh-huh. and um i kind of got back involved with it with other friends of mine and i were all similar interests and we would go to ValleyCon, but we hadn't pursued it. But at the time, it was kind of being run as like a private club for geeks, <laughs> and yeah. and it was very closeted in that way. And the yes. thing is, it was kind of seen as this redheaded stepchild of events in Fargo. It uh-huh. was a fo- small event, uh-huh. one or two hundred people go into it. Yeah, s- similar to other events nowadays, you know. And um, it was one of those things that they kind of some of those people wanted to keep it quiet. I'm going like, why aren't you expanding and trying to encourage other people to join? You know, get out of the closet a little bit and be proud of what you're doing. You know, don't be right? freaked out about it. You know, and I use the analogy. I said, if pe- if sports fans can dress up <laughs> and go to a, a game and put on makeup and shout yeah. and scream, why yeah. are you ashamed of being in your Spock ears or whatever the hell it is? Exactly. And so that was the that was the whole impetus. So we took over and ran it for quite a few years from Bellycon 12, basically to 19. Um, and at the time, you know, it was a nonprofit structure, so trying to get anything done was very near impossible. I mean, it was committee structure on everything, and it took a lot of effort, and it was a lot of banging heads and a lot of egos involved, and I got tired of it and left after 19. 
Um, so I was gone for five years, and then they started contacting me again to come back. I built it up in that time. We had Nichelle Nichols come come here. That was our first big media guest. Um, mostly authors and artists. I mean, that's really what ValleyCon was. It was replicating what Minneapolis was doing, where you have authors and artists come to your event. And we would invite some really good authors and stuff, but you know you have the disadvantage, unfortunately, of being in a part of the country that it costs three times as much to bring anybody to yeah. than if you're in Minneapolis. You could uh-huh. fly somebody from anywhere to Minneapolis for two hundred bucks. Yep. Whereas getting to Fargo is six, seven hundred bucks yes. minimum. Yes. And it increases your costs exponentially for everything, um, and you're not dealing with four million people in that like Minneapolis area. You're dealing with you know, a couple at the time, 200,000, yeah. right. Yep. So, and you're and counting on people coming in. So the big part is you have to advertise to let people know what's going on. Well, the budget, you know, was stretched quite a bit. And we, we stretched the budget quite a bit for, for a while there. But um, it was about as much as you could do at the time. So I left, and they kind of went back to being a small event. Um, they would still have some guests come in, but there were only a couple hundred people going to the event. Um, so... They asked me to come back and help um, take it over again and boost it up, because the what happened was is that the club part that was a non the, the there was a club which is the nonprofit that sponsors the event ValleyCon. They were, the people running it at the time had the opinion that well ValleyCon is too much work let's just get rid of it and I said the whole point of the club was to be a front for ValleyCon, for you know, the nonprofit part of it to yes. run this event, yes. which is the whole impetus was to get people involved and stuff like that, not just a club where you sit around and chit-chat about sci-fi. Exactly. I said, you want to do that, you can do that for free in your living room. That's You go do that. When almost almost like the idea is to expand, not exactly. not just have the same the same group of people week after week after week, exactly. but something that is going out and pulling new people in. Yeah, and, and they... they the people running it at the time just were not suited to that, and that's no feeling on their part. That was just the way it was. It's just um, they weren't used to that. It intimidated them and scared them to jump into something where it's thousands of dollars you're dealing with, and it can be intimidating. You have to deal with that stuff and learn how to learn how to deal with it. Um, so they decided to leave, and I came back to take over the club. This is right after t- after 2001. So after 9/11, um, Valley County ran about. They had their that group ran their last ValleyCon in the basement of the Howard Johnson. That's where they were at for the last couple of years. Because, frankly, no, no place would have ValleyCon at the time. Yeah. It turned into um, what I had been described, um, what they described to me, uh, hotel people and the Convention of Visitors Bureau people and everything said, it's a drunken frat party for geeks. What it turned <laughs> into. And that's exactly that sounds like what, a good time. Well, it is to a point, but the thing is nobody would rent to you. Nobody yeah. wants that. Yeah. No business wants that. No hotel wants that. So that's why they were in the basement of the Howard Johnson. You know, the Doublewood at the time, which is the Bermuda now, used to be our mainstay because it was convenient. For, you could set up parties around the poolside and everything like that. Uh-huh. They wouldn't have them because they let things go crazy there. They had people jumping off the railings at the second level oh into my the pool and things like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, anybody that gets hurt, you're you're all done. It's in, incredible liability. And it, there's a fine point to having fun and to not being an idiot. And that, that unfortunately, it just wasn't being properly done. So you had to come in and you had to uh, be a cop a bit and 
slap a few things around and say this is not going to happen anymore and that's what i did and uh so i made a few enemies at the time but you know say love you that's life and business but if they don't understand that it, it was their immaturity at that point that they didn't get that just can't do this and they weren't privy to the conversation you know i tell them what the conversation was with civic leaders leaders city leaders that you're not going to get anywhere if this happens look what's happened to nightclubs in town that have had issues they don't get their liquor license they get shut down i mean the same thing goes with an event yeah fargo yeah. fargo can be a a strict place to be well you, you, any place you have be, been though. a part of so many things you also well, do uh, gosh morehead public access which we didn't yeah. even touch on we are moving to our music break oh, sure we will come back i want to talk more of the details of ValleyCon. um we are going to listen to cut your hair by pavement and we'll be right back so don't go nowhere the Fargo Five, we're here with Tony Tilton talking Fargo fun. We've got ValleyCon coming up this week, so sure. we were just talking about the whole history of it, but now I want to mm-hmm. talk about what you should expect when you're there. So oh, yeah. when is it? It's this weekend, right? It this, this Friday. Weekend, yep. And where's, where's Actually, it at? Actually, it really kicks off Thursday night at the oh. Fargo Theater because they, we have the Fargo Fantastic Film Festival, which oh. I created two years after being one of the founders of the Fargo Film Festival. Yeah. And it was for genre films sci-fi fantasy horror thrillers you know anything except dramas <laughs> so what can point. you expect there's a night is that going to be a raucous party or well it it can be i mean it, not raucous i mean it, with the fargo film festival the fargo fantastic film festival kicks off thursday night at the fargo theater seven o'clock um it's only five bucks to get in and it's kind of a best of not complete all best of but a lot of the best of films and um, that's just the kickoff of the fest. In previous years, we've had our main guest be there, present like Sam Jones, the star of Flash Gordon. We showed Flash Gordon with Sam there, you know, stuff like that. Uh, two years ago, we had Sean Patrick Flannery, and we did Boondock Saints. Wow. You know, wow. So, yeah. And so we've been doing it. This year, um, Adrian Paul is our main guest at ValleyCon, um, media guest. He doesn't really have a major film that's worth putting on the screen. Highlander <laughs> Endgame is not the one you want to put up there. So, um, so we just said, we'll just keep it a film thing. And so he's coming in um, for the event. But then ValleyCon kicks off on Friday. 3.30 p.m. we open the doors at the Holiday Inn in Fargo. The Holiday Inn, the, the major. The where, and so where's that at? That's across the street yeah, from right, West right Acres? Right from West Acres, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah It's yeah, the yeah. convention center Holiday Inn. Not the, not cool. the Express or anything Of course. Like it's just Holiday Inn. <laughs> Um, and it's we take over the entire hotel, like I said, we could use another 20,000 square feet easily, which you'll see yeah. when you come in. Um, big vendors set up, of course, and we, we've, we're proud of the fact that we started an artist alley of low-cost areas in the halls for artists who don't have the money to put together like a booth. Yeah. And our booths are inexpensive anyway. It's like 125 bucks for the booth, you know, um, which is a pittance. Very affordable, other yeah. Event. Yeah. But our artist alley starts at like forty bucks, and that's so you can get a six foot table, and you can present your wares there. Now we've had a few people that are vendors bending the rules and jumping in on those spaces. Yep. The only issue is that they have to tear down at night because that's an open space for everybody to walk around in, and so you you run into those issues. But it's the whole thing is vendors, artists, and then meeting spaces, and we have our main stage, which is a large space. That's two of the large rooms. At Holiday Inn, and then a couple of the other rooms are panel rooms, and we use for other functions. Then we have gaming in the mezzanine area. And everybody, people dress up a lot for this. Oh yeah, That's yeah. A, especially it's October. I think people are in the in the mood to well, dress up. We have up. a costume contest on Saturday night, official one, and uh-huh. and kids costume contest at noon on Saturday. But 
we also have a throughout the day on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we do a roving costume contest. So if you're in costume, you might get a twenty dollar Valleycon no. box gift certificate. Hey. So come on through and and so what kind of costumes? Because it's anything, fan- anything any goes. fantastical. Yeah. So I mean, you're going to see anything Lord goes. of the Rings. Oh yeah, Star Trek. Oh yeah, anime. Mm-hmm. Are you oh, so? Are of, you so? We were talking when we were talking about the past. You know, mm-hmm. anime wasn't a thing in the no. '70s, or was it? Anime I mean, it was not. Nobody knew what anime was. Now it. we have whole anime even, conventions. Anime didn't even get here until the mid 2000s. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it it and it only started with really Comic Junction was the only one doing anime stuff. So it it was a slow burn on anime. It's only recently that it's gotten very popular, and um, we've always had anime as part of Valleycon. It's been a a, a part it's not the part and it's not a huge part but we do have anime and we have a lot of people do anime characters and stuff that's great and we in years past we've had an anime room specifically just for anime oh. this year we don't have it the last couple of years we haven't because of covid and the guy who ran it was kind of scared of yeah. everything with mm-hmm. COVID. Mm-hmm. so we're hoping to get it that back for next year and um working on that as well but it's one of those things that it's a, we're a volunteer group and it's like let's say people ask me, well, why don't you have this sort volunteer to help? Yeah. <laughs> if you want something, yes. why don't you get involved and yes. put your money where your mouth yes. is? It's it, always been my number one peeve with people that want to complain but never. They want don't to want step to put up. in the work, and they exactly. don't want to. They don't want to build it themselves. Exactly. If you're not going to step up, at least have a some kind of solution that we can use, you know, rather than just a complaint. I mean, complaints are fine, but what are we going to do with that? So how much does something like this cost? Should you get tickets in advance, or do you get them at the door? You can get them at the door. It's much more, uh, it's it's a better cost savings to get them as a pre-registration. And we start... When does pre-registration close? Well, it closes, it's actually closed right now, so Mm. it's at the door. Um, You can get day passes still online, but that'll close on Wednesday, then everything is at the door. Oh, yeah, you know, we got to give ourselves a day or two to get caught up on when that. The, so. the website is just valley, valleycon.com, so yep. V-A-L-L-E-Y-C-O-N.com. Right, and you go there, and there's a big button that says click here for registration. Go there, and it should, goes to our other page, which which has all our tickets and everything for and sale. And what, what's the day pass? Does it matter on age? So I've got, a, I've got a four-year-old yeah, and a two-year-old. It totally matters on age, yeah, because um, if you're under five and under is free. Oh. Um, oh, and cool. so we have what's called a discount pass, which covers a wide range of, of people. We call it students. Basically, anybody is in school, yeah. no matter what age you are, or if you're an educator, oh. or if you're um, EMS, police, fire, veteran, or active military, all and actually healthcare workers, too. They're all covered under the discount pass. And so that's about half the price, to maybe 60% of the price of the regular adult oh. pass. Oh, wow. And then the adult pass. If you have a you know pre registration was thirty five bucks for thirty bucks actually early on for the entire weekend. Okay. Uh, at the door is going to be forty nine for um, the whole weekend. Yeah, for the whole weekend, and, which is still really. And great. at the door, you can only get the whole weekend, so there's no day passes. No, no, no. You can get a day pass at the door. Okay. And what's yep. a, what's a day pass? Day pass depends on the day. Oh, Friday, okay. I believe, and again, your age. You know, if you're an adult or a day pass. Um, discount or anything else it's on the website it's, probably, yes. it's better for me to oh okay yeah, i'm sorry uh, i'm sorry just because i'm I i'm very interested in going like and i'm imagining it's bringing like 10 my bucks friday and like 15 <laughs> or some saturday and then okay. if you want to do all day saturday because there's some people that just want to combine the evening for party time on yeah. saturday so we have a separate pass for that or you can do a combo thing but the other thing too first year um we have a gaming pass which we've never <laughs> done before um 
mainly because a lot of gamers just want to come there and do tournament gaming and stuff like that, but they don't necessarily, they're not interested in the rest. And when you get into a tournament, like a magic tournament, you have to buy into it because you have to purchase a pack. Well, they didn't want to pay 40 bucks and then also buy a pack of cards at the same time. And I get that. So we did a gaming pass so they could do that. And then if they want to upgrade to a day pass, it's the price difference. So if a day pass is 15 bucks, they spent five just for another 10, they could get a day pass and go in through the rest of the con. Very cool. And yeah. so that is happening in just a few days. Yeah. All kinds of uh, everything you can imagine from the world of fantasy. Yep. Fantasy, Defin definitely check that out. Horror, everything. Yeah. We are uh, coming up to Rivers of Nihil. This is uh, from, and I think my friend Jeff Shaw is going to be listening right now, uh, The Silent Life. This is some metal. This is some hardcore metal. Not the kind of stuff I listen to. Uh, Jeff sends me this music all the time. Uh, my wife will hear it and go, did Jeff send that to you? Because uh, I do. You, do you listen to metal, or what kind of music do you bit. listen to? A little bit. A little I, bit of everything. I'm more classic rock guy. But yeah. yeah, I'd say classic rock myself. Yeah. So uh, we will uh, maybe not listen uh, very loudly in the studio here, but uh, everybody in Radio Land can enjoy, and we will be back with Fargo frequently asked questions. Don't go nowhere. All right, Jeff Shaw. I hope you enjoyed that song. I think you're in the bus listening right now. Um, that was some metal. So there, there's that. We did it. Uh, this is Fargo Frequently Asked Questions. We are here with uh, the amazing Tony Tilton. We were talking off the air all the millions of things uh, that he's involved in. You're, you are, are quite a man. <laughs> Thanks. No, I just keep busy. I just keep busy. I've got a lot of interest and a lot of things going on so well you, you hold a high bar to uh to to measure up to i we are going to move into frequently asked questions so this show is incredibly popular we get listener mail emails mm -hmm. from all around the country Great. people are curious about fargo north dakota and so they have some questions yeah. they got q's we got a's sure let's go ahead and dive into them you can maybe help answer sure so michael johnson from atlanta georgia asks are there any haunted or paranormal sites in fargo that intrigue locals and visitors there are actually, and, and as a matter of fact, we have um, at ValleyCon we have uh, a strong paranormal section of our programming, mm. and uh, Adrian Lee, a, a psychic from uh, Minneapolis area, um, is a good friend. He's coming up, and they're doing an active investigation on a couple of spaces. Um, he and his producer, they have a show called Unscripted Paranormal, that's just premiering, and um, they've done quite a few other things, but they're. They've been shooting stuff in that with the Fargo Paranormal Group. Um, I'm a member kind of out, out of that group, and um, they're connected with us at ValleyCon. Um, they've done some active investigations here in Fargo of really? a couple of businesses that they've invited them over because of incidents that have occurred. And, um, yeah, and I can't say out. You know, they want to very hush those, hush. They want to keep it quiet. Yeah. What they, kind of businesses? So are these like office firms and it's well, spooky stuff, or is it like a, a restaurant, few, hotel, a few downtown type of buildings that have yeah. issues? Yeah. And um, a couple of places like a, an older um, event venue that's in town um, that they've had issues. There's also the, the well-known ones are like a Bonanzaville that there's there's been stuff and they do they do a tour they do a ghost tour out there. But there's there's several around this area. When you're inviting some of that with ValleyCon this Friday, because oh, sure. that's yeah. going to be 
well, Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th it's yeah. spooky. Well, we were actually, you know, we originally had talks with Kane Hodder to get him here. And, yeah. uh, but then I realized there's no way he's going to come to Fargo on Friday the 13th. He's going to be at like a major, major yeah. on that day, <laughs> yeah. which is the, t- the case. But, um, yeah, I mean, for paranormal stuff, though, we have like, um, well, we got a huge UFO guest. Yeah, Martin Keller is a nationally known um, journalist who's been on every major talk show and TV show and everything. He's got a great book about called the Space Pen Club about UFOs and the the cover-ups and everything because it's now come to light that the government's admitted all this stuff. So his stuff is very prescient on um, he's got some really interesting stuff. And, that, that uh, is very cool. What do you think of the uh, UFO admissions at the government? I mean, are, are you on top of that then? Have you um, been? Well, you know, I, part of me thinks it's they're just uh, trying to cover their tracks on other stuff going on. <laughs> and they're trying to, you know, send yeah. in a different direction. Yeah. You yeah. know, because for a long time, everybody knew they were lying through their teeth for a long time. Yes. That they had a lot more information than they did, but you just didn't know how much. And they still haven't admitted to how much. They, you, I don't think we'll ever know that. Um but yeah, the UFO thing is tough because I've, it's one of those where I've kind of been Mulder's, you know, camp. I want to believe, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, but I got to have some really hard evidence, you know. But there's pretty convincing evidence that something weird's going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, the other one is like Bigfoot. We have uh, we have the She Squatchers coming to Valley County as well. Really? Yeah, they're uh, re- they're actually a national group of all female <laughs> Bigfoot um, hunters, cryptid investigators, and two of them live in Fargo, but the other one's in North Carolina, and they travel all over the place. And um, I found out about them from one of our members who said you should invite them on, and so got a hold of them and they're they're gonna all be here so we have a pretty strong paranormal set of plus fargo paranormal and adrian and uh um and his whole thing with not only psychic stuff and ghost tours and things um all that's gonna be going out of valley kind of aside from adrian paul and billy west who's our other main i was guest. i was gonna segue to yeah. it if you didn't get there yeah, because billy that west is, is billy huge. west i mean yeah. you for people who don't know i mean he he's the fried. voice of everybody he's, well he's, half uh, of futurama skimpy. he's zoderberg yeah. as well and he's oh. the <laughs> professor on there yeah he's, he's red uh, red m&m on the, all the m&m commercials oh really <laughs> he's bugs bunny now Oh, he took over doing Bugs Bunny. That's amazing. For the last couple of films and everything. That's amazing. Um, yeah, Billy's done everything, and um, yeah, Ren and Stimpy, and uh, so Doug. do you get to meet him personally? Oh yeah, that is so yeah. cool. I've met uh, most of these people long before I would get them out here. Actually, wow. I, tr- I travel out. I used to re- well, I used to cover San Diego Comic Con for uh, NBC. I'd I'd fly from Fargo, go out to San Diego, and shoot video, and uplink it to NBC for the the network because. They like the fact that I knew what I was talking about. A lot of people <laughs> yeah. go out there and they just do, oh, here's the geeks on parade kind of story. Yep. And it always pisses everybody off. So San Diego, they couldn't get away with that. So they said, no, go ahead and do it. We'll cover your expenses and stuff. So I was like, great. I get to go for free and a press pass, best way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that for 15 years when I was at, at KVLY still. And, um, and I loved it. But it, it got... Uh, the last one I did was a couple years ago, right? A couple years before COVID hit. And... Um, it's gotten so big it's just a pain out there i mean it's something people should experience at some point but it's ridiculously huge you can't see everything at all in one year there's just too much going there's on. way too much going on i mean and i how many people are going to be at ValleyCon? i mean I, well, that's going to be we have a lot of transient traffic that comes through because we have a day pass and we it's very family friendly during the day and then more adult friendly at night so we have literally thousands of people that come through through the weekend but at any given time, there might be 500 to 1,000 people there. You know, it, it's so it's packed. It's always busy, but it's 
it's it's kind of deceiving until you find out how many you know these same people were only here for two hours and took off they came yeah. in checked out the vendors did one or two things a lot of people come because they just want to meet you know adrian paul or billy west or somebody get an autograph and then they're they kind of take off it's like that's fine that's part of the gig um but the people that come there and stay there for the entire weekend there's probably a 800 to a thousand of those you know and then quite a few more on beyond that I just can't get over Billy West. That's I mean, I grew up on Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. I uh maybe this isn't very cool, but I show it to my four year old as she and I watch Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> I, I I would be so cool to introduce my daughter to my daughter Michiko, just show her Ren and Stimpy and Billy's a cool guy. He's a lot of fun and um he's hilarious. His panel is Saturday afternoon. I think it's three or three o'clock or four o'clock. It's right around there. Um, but check the, the program guide is online, by the way. So if you want to check out the program guide for ValleyCon, yeah, Valleycon. just go to ValleyCon.com. Big blue yeah. button right on the front page. Just click on that. Let it load because it's a big file. It's a it's a huge PDF of the whole program guide, and it'll show you what's going on. That is that is so cool. I I'm starstruck just thinking of that. I'm that I'm talking to a person who talks to Billy West. That's <laughs> I'm two degrees from Billy West now. That's very very cool. We are going to move into Gorillas with their song "Left Hand Suzuki Method," and we will be back with the Fargo Fresh. Don't go nowhere. Fargo Five. I'm here with Tony Tilton, and we are talking Fargo Fresh. So going on around the city. I don't know, Tony. Do you ever go to Burger King? Very real. I'm not a Burger King guy. And not, not a fast uh, food guy at all? Close. Well, I am a fast food guy to a point, only because out of necessity, really. But um, I heard that one just closed again. So it's, Again? Yeah, that so, was from KVRR, um, a, another Burger King which was the location closed. abruptly closed. Um, it was the one over by Perkins, I believe, judging oh, really? based on the photograph. The interstate? Wow, that's yeah. interesting, because you'd think that would be always busy. I know it's I know it's a big labor issue with a lot of these Um Taco John's was the other issue, too, you know. What is behind all this labor shortage, you suppose? Um, I think it's a generational thing, number one. Really? Uh-huh. Nobody, I work in several industries and work with a lot of people that are employers, mm-hmm. and they all tell me the same story, that nobody under 25 wants to work. Mm. Or if they do, they think they should be able to sit around and do nothing all day and yeah. pay for it. <laughs> and, um, and they don't know the meaning of work. Um, that's a that's a big issue because if you're not raised by your parents to get off your butt and do your chores and everything like that, that follows through later on where you think everything's going to be handed to you. So that's one issue. That's not the only issue. I don't want to sound negative on just the the youth, but yeah. But it's also <coughs> through COVID, I think a lot of people got used to not um, having much, and they're used to living on that, and maybe they're comfortable with that. It's it's a problem that's nationwide right now they're having a lot of problems getting people i mean these these places are all paying people very well they're paying 17 18 bucks an hour to be at a burger joint you know? yeah but eggs are like five dollars a dozen so very true that well it's not quite it's three something but yeah i know what you mean though it it is cost of living but then again how are they doing this without a job that's the other key point to it yeah. if that's the case then it would be more ins- expensive so somehow they're getting the means to not go to work. And so you think people aren't? You think they're not working? I definitely think people are not working. I know people are not working. Um, they're not accepting, or they're working for a short time, getting X amount of dollars to just subsist on, and go on from there. But I think a lot of people are living off of other people's money too. Yeah, that's a big part of it. 
So I don't know, it's an issue. And Definitely an interesting, interesting time. Well, it's going to be incentive and everything else. They, you know, prices are a big issue. Cost of living is a big issue. But And so, you know, obviously um, pay has to come up. But it, it's not a fine point. They're offering a lot of money for certain, for jobs that they would have pay half that just five years ago. So you're involved in like 10,000 different things. Yeah. I, do, do you have people, do you hire or you have PR or HR a, people or no, you hire I'm, someone no, directly? I'm, I'm the HR person as well. I, at my, I run a small company with that. And I deal with that all the time, but I, I'm pretty good at screening people for, for things like that. Fortunately, the people that, you know, what I do and with more at access stuff is that people who come there um, who work with us are want to be there and they want to do that sort of thing they they want to pursue this um so we don't really run into that issue um i get though is i get the whole point of yeah you know you're applying for a job at a burger king you you're maybe it's just you're trying to get a job and you may not be expecting it to be a lot of work but it's like at some point you gotta just crunch down and do the gig you know you definitely get another job if that's what you want and i think that's the choice is there for people to move around laterally a little bit more. That's another issue. I think is people have a lot of opportunities. There's a lot of opportunities. And they're, and the thing is that because everyone's having a problem getting labor, they, they're having to pay more. So there's a lot of chance where if they were used to working at 10, 12 bucks an hour, now they're being offered 17 to 20 bucks an hour for the same job. Exactly. They can move around and try something else. Um, but at the same time, if you're moving around constantly and you're at a job for weeks or a month or two and you're moving on, at some point, no one's going to hire you. You know, you're going to have to put in a little time and just work. The- theoretically. <laughs> yeah. yeah, theoretically. I, I, we'll I, yeah, we'll they, they seem to be getting away with it for now. Yeah, we'll see how it shakes out. Moving on, we've yeah. got record broken for the most days over 40 degrees consecutively. Yeah. It's well, been a warm one. I mean, it was 90 just two weeks ago. It's been a warm one, but it's, you know, it's funny, people talked about like this is a major thing um it's nothing in the 70s when i was growing up here it would be in the hundreds for really a month. yeah wow yeah i mean july was a roasting month and and you August lived through it too. yeah everyone lived through it we didn't have air conditioning either back then. <laughs> Seriously, we didn't. <laughs> yeah not I everybody had no central air, air it was a fan at night you know so i'm um, and we've seen much colder winters the coldest the the hottest hots and the coldest colds are other records that we haven't gotten to yet so this is they're they're inventing records now you think the longest stretch of being hot well by a day or something compared to 50 or 80 years ago give me a break you know things are going to change cyclically and that's just the way it goes well it is statistically there's always something notable right right like there's always i what i like to say is one in a million things happens six thousand times a day mm-hmm. right or nine thousand times now because well, i show my age stats are merely what you make of them too you really you can know? there's you lies can damned lies and statistics exactly exactly so statistics don't mean much to me at all on that in that case there's got to be some pretty damning major impact of a lot of statistics before i'm going to pay a lot of attention to it yeah so. But uh, at least we've got good weather, although yeah. I think it's supposed to rain on Friday. Yeah. Do you um, think that's going to affect uh, Valley Con at all? Actually, we help it. Cold, you know, crappy weather is better for an indoor event. I suppose people. They, they don't want to be <laughs> outside. Their outdoor plans got right. canceled. If you got, you know, we all know that winter is coming. And uh, so if it's a nice weekend, people would rather be outside running around having fun. So 
if it's kind of crappy, it's actually going to help us. <laughs> Very good. Winter is coming. That's from uh, Game of Thrones. Right. Probably yeah. another. Or I don't know. Do you still see people cosplaying Game of Thrones? Sometimes you do. Yeah. I feel I like mean, they whiffed see, the last season so poorly. Yeah, but I mean, you still see people that are in the Daenerys, you know, really? and stuff like that. Yeah, um, not as much, but it's a, it's regrettable because it, it was the last big fantasy thing that came out that that was notable. It was so good. Yeah, and it makes me so. Sometimes, well, like I'll just be sitting there, like, I'll just think. Rings of Power, the, you know, Rings of Power, <laughs> I can't. I, yeah, I just yeah. can't. It's yeah. not Lord of the Rings. Nope. It's, and it's like, <laughs> give me a break. I hear Peter Jackson's coming back to the franchise. Oh, really? And to do more of a direct Silmarillion um, hmm. stuff, which would be great. But the, they, they dropped the ball on, on the, the Rings of Power, and, you know, that's sad. There's a lot of those franchises that they've messed up, and... Some of it's just their the way they're interpreting things and what they're doing with it too and stuff. But, but you know, fans are not showing up and they're that they're voting with their feet. Yep. So if you're screwing up, you then you were screwing. Either you're being told that you screwed up. Yeah. You know. Very true. Moving on, we are going to listen to some unknown mortal orchestra. They were in town here actually really? years ago. I saw them in person. It was okay. amazing. I do. You, are you familiar with unknown mortal orchestra? A little bit. There, I. They are no hand of God, like top five favorite bands. Ooh. I love UMO. So we are going to listen to Like Acid Rain and be back with Fargo favorites. Don't go nowhere. Uh, Fargo favorites. So I want to know, and now you've been in Fargo for a long time, so Most you should life, probably actually, have, have some interesting answers to these questions. Well, it's funny. There's so many new places that I have not gotten to yet just because I've been so busy. I... I don't get to every place downtown. You know, I do love beer and fish downtown. That's oh. one of my favorite restaurants. Uh huh. Well, that's the first question: is what your favorite restaurant is? Well, see, I don't have a favorite restaurant. That's the problem. It's like, I mean, there's nights when I just want out some Olive Garden. You know, some <laughs> and, and yeah, salad. yeah. But you know, beer and fish has always been good. Um, man, see, I go back to some older restaurants that I miss. You know, the Treetop was a fantastic restaurant back when that was here that was at the top of the bank in downtown moorhead and it that was really cool and apparently they're going to put something back up there but um i don't know god that's so hard to tell you know maxwell's is excellent and maxwell's yeah want really fine sure dining yeah very and, very high end um but i love some good chinese and i really miss yeah well you know, so Olive Garden to Maxwell's, you really do oh, run the I gamut. Yeah, I do. it doesn't matter. You just get a taste for something. You know, you got some favorites here and there. I yeah. do miss Johnny Carino's. I mean, that was a good Italian. Oh, yes. That you was, know, yes. It was a chain, but it was still good. And it was a little step over Olive Garden, but I, I love my Olive Garden, too. Um, but, yeah, you know, God, that's I want to compare Lucy's, Carino's Lucy's. to Olive Garden. Come yeah. on, Johnny Carino's was good. Oh, it was excellent. Yeah, well, and there, there's, like, Lucy's Chinese. Like, it was fantastic. You Very know. good, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, so it de depends on the mood you're in, you know. There's there's so many good places that like I'm leaving a ton of them out. But Fargo, uh, Fargo is uh, famous for its restaurants. We have oh, a yeah. lot. I think probably oh, one know, of the I, most per capita. Recently, my new favorite is Plaza Azteca. Oh yeah, yeah. another yeah. good excellent. An, excellent an, an excellent choice. Yeah. Brought my in-laws there when they came from yeah. out of country. That because uh, they don't have Mexican where they come from. Well. So. Uh, we went to Plaza Azteca. Really Very good. good. Really good. Now, you, so you're in a million different things, uh, mm -hmm. running a million different organizations. I'm sure you meet people all the time. Yeah. Just have a quick meeting, oh, a sure. coffee or a beer or something along Probably those lines. Good, yeah. What's your favorite place to meet someone? Oof. <laughs> Usually, you know, I like going to like a coffee joint or a bar or something like that. Yeah. But the problem is it's, they're usually noisy. 
if you gotta meet somebody in chat, yeah, you need a quieter place. Sure. Um, there's the bar. I can't remember, I'm trying to remember what it's. And I'm just gapping on the name, but the new hotel downtown, um, the bar that's right on the main floor there. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's it's in the with the RDO building, the RDO that building, really tall yeah. build, building in the downtown. Something like that. I can't remember what it is, but uh, but. Don't hold on to me. We'll both drown. That was a good. No, that was a good play. I've done a lot of meetings there with uh, with the Fargo Film Festival and some of the other stuff going on. So that that's a good spot. Yeah. But there's a ton of them. I'm sure. It's just for me, it's a noise thing. Most bars are way too loud. They mm-hmm. turn the damn music down. I yeah, yeah. When, I'm trying to talk to someone. When I have to scream here. at somebody in their ear when yes. I'm out, I just I'm not going to that bar anymore. And that's yeah. maybe it's maybe it's I'm just getting old. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> well, and, I mean, uh, if you're trying to meet somebody and well, talk yeah, with well, them, well, I mean, even I, if you're out with friends and you're trying to just you know have an evening out with friends, it's, I'm not there just to listen to your grinding music. You know, I'm trying to have a conversation with my friends. And so it's like we we tend not to go to those places anymore. And you know that's fine. That's if that's what they want for their crowd, that's fine. But they're driving away a certain audience when they do that. So they should have some quieter areas for people to actually chit chat. That's good. Good. Good advice from a longtime uh, man of the town. I I think that's as somebody who wants to start up something maybe a little quieter and cooler. I think they could do very well. Some light jazz music playing maybe. It would be cool to have a piano bar or something like that. Hey. Like you know, which the Radisson you know has some of that. Um, they did anyway. I'm not sure if they still do that, but I think they do on certain nights. But very cool. Yeah. Moving to the next question. Now this one gets actually a little controversial. People, okay. people, a little more okay. one team or the other. What do you do? Your grocery shopping? <laughs> um, I I mix it up. Um, I do some Walmart because you cannot beat the prices on things like Absolutely. cereal yep. and canned goods. The same thing that's at every other place, but it's 30, 40% cheaper. I just, you can't what blew my it. mind was bread. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like I was getting, I won't call anybody out, but I was paying like four, four fifty a loaf. And then I went to Walmart. It was like two eighty. Yeah. I was like, I'm getting robbed. Exactly. Yeah. And so yeah. that it's hard to compete, but I'm, I'm a long time Hornbacher's guy. I oh grew, yeah. Grew up with Hornbacher's. Did you know Mr. Hornbacher? No. Cause uh, you seem to know everybody. I, knew, I, I do. Well, I have met Dean Hornbacher a few times, but I don't know him um, personally. But things, it's just, you know, the place we grew up with. And, but they, they've gone up in price. They've been edging yeah. up in price. And, and and one person said, oh, that's kind of the high-end place in Fargo. I said, really? <laughs> yeah. And it kind of is in a way. It's presented that way. I'd say it's fancy-schmancy. Yeah, yeah, it's to a me, little fancy my... and everything. And it's nice to go in there and shop. But, again, it's a little bit of a price shock here and there. So I watch sales, and I do like their produce section. And, um um, I like their deli and bakery area and stuff like that. Um, and I do shop at some of the other parts of the store, but there's some areas I just don't even go in because I know I'm not going to shop there. I'm going to go to Walmart. Yeah, get that. A big box of cereal that, you know, takes half up months to eat. <laughs> yeah. Half the price of a small box that they have, yeah. you know. Yep. So. Absolutely. Uh, this one might be harder for you to answer because sure. you know so many people. What's your favorite business? Oh, geez. Yeah, got to pick just one to shout out. Ah. Uh, Business. Well, I mean, that covers a wide variety of sins, though. It can too. be organization. Anybody yeah. who's running an operation. Or well, you know, um, one that's near and dear to my heart, and I haven't had enough time to spend there in a long time, um, is the Fargo Theater. Yeah. I mean, I literally grew up there. I was mm-hmm. in, uh, uh, I worked there in high school when it was a regular theater. It was a plit movie theater back then. 
Um, I was part of the demolition and renovation of it in the early 80s when we were turning it into, it went nonprofit while I was in the Navy and came back and worked there for several years and helped the demolition and I, I helped carry the 70 millimeter projector up to the booth, <laughs> which is uh, like the size of a Buick. It was yeah. ridiculous. Wow. Um, wow. And I've been, I'm one of the founders of the Fargo Film Festival in Longtime Santa. And um, the theater is such a treasure to this community. It really is. People, it is. And if you haven't gone to a movie there, um, it isn't even just the movie. It's all the other things that happen yes. there. Uh-huh. It's definitely one that you got to check out. It's something we bring our guests there every year because when we when the guests come in early enough, we give them a little tour of the Fargo sites they want to see because everybody's interested in Fargo. You, people are intrigued by it because of the movie and everything else. So yes. they got to go see the wood chipper, of course. <laughs> but the yep. other, then the next part is the Fargo Theater uh-huh. and, and downtown Fargo to just to check out some sites. I agree. I yeah. agree. I and I what you just said there is the impetus behind the whole show. Like you said, everybody is. I think people really are. They they want to know who are these people who live in the middle of the tundra with covered wagons. And it's like, well, actually, we're a burgeoning metro that's got a lot yeah. going on. And we got the the Fargo Theater is very very cool. I definitely been there many times. It's one of the top ten places in the country to see a movie, according to USA Today. Really? Yep. That's an article that's in the theater. And um, well, the theater Oregon itself was built by Lance Johnson of Johnson Organ Company here based in Fargo. He he does the Radio City Music Hall organ and several other huge famous organs. He built the Fargo Theater pipe organ and it's amazing. So if you yeah. go there for a silent movie night or just when they're playing the Wurlitz or something like that, yep. you're getting a treat that 95% of the country does not get a chance to see. And so it's something worth checking out and, and doing. I, you know, What I really got to do is get somebody from there on this show, oh, yeah. I, I've been wanting to. I've been trying to call hunt, Emily. Hunt them. Emily call Beck. Emily. Emily back. Yeah. Call Emily back. Okay, that's what I will do. Thank, Thank you, Tony Tilton. Uh, last question, and then we'll do plugs and get out of sure. here. Um, and I, you may, you may not be able to all the things you have going on. You might not have an answer to this at all because I don't. You might not. It's your day off. Do you take days off? You're doing something just for Tony. I do. Okay, so it's just you, um, maybe with someone, maybe alone, but yeah. it, you're doing something not to work, not but to relax and enjoy, have a good time. Well, what do you do for fun? Well, part of it is vegging on the couch, watching movies and stuff like that, and yeah. catching up on stuff. No, I feel um, you. I'm a football fan, so I'm a Vikings fan. You know, I've bled purple forever. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a killer every single year. Um, but... Yeah, I mean that's one of the things. But I love going, you know, go to films with and go out with friends, you know. And it's one of those things that just going out to dinner or something like that, you know, and spending some time together, and, yeah. you know, doing some fun stuff. This is a great month because there's so much fun stuff to do. We go to the haunts, we go to do pumpkin patch stuff and everything like that. And I've got a big circle of friends. So even within our our group, it's like sometimes I'm with this group with five or eight people, and maybe this other group of seven or eight people or whatever. You know, it just depends on what's going on. But, yeah, I try to get out and do something social, you know, with people. But sometimes it's fun just to veg on the couch, too. Yeah. Yeah. What do, you, do, you, do you watch, like, the same movies or you try to catch up on movies? Or are you – I feel like it's a golden age for television drama. Well, all, all of the above. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a filmmaker, too, and that's one of the things that I was known for for years. And I, I'm trying to finish a couple of films, but I have no time wow. right now. Yeah. But um, – but. I'm a film guy too. I film degree from Morehead State and everything. So I um, I watch a little of everything. And I've recently I've loved Yellowstone and the prequels. Yeah. Especially the 1883. Uh-huh. That was fantastic. <laughs> yep. That was fantastic. Yes. Um, and um, but I love a good 
it doesn't matter what genre it is. I love a good film. Um, I I'm a big action guy. The, the oh. John Wick series I love. Uh, yeah, just so well made. Did you see the Mission um, Impossible films are fantastic, and I'm a, I'm more like the number one James Bond fan around here. Did you yeah. see Nobody? Yes, with, I love Nobody with uh, uh, Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, Bob Odenkirk. Great. So good. It's a great movie. That was amazing. Um, I didn't. That was a sleeper for me. Like yeah. I just I randomly put that on, and I was like, "What is this? Yep. It's amazing." No, Nobody's a fantastic movie. If you haven't seen it. I mean, I love Better Call Saul. Yeah. You think of him in that term, but he's just a good actor. And he's always he been really a great is. comedian. If you go back and watch Mr. Show. Mr. Show. Mr. Yeah. Show, of course. Which is like a, the American, you know, grandchild of Monty Python, basically. And, yeah. yeah. Wow. All right. Well, that's the show. All right. Yeah, we did it. All right. Go ahead. Uh, why don't well, you plug? We got ValleyCon. ValleyCon's up this weekend. ValleyCon.com. We've got um, Adrian Paul from Highlander. We've got Billy West. We've got. The She Squatchers. We've got Martin Keller, UFO expert, Adrian Lee, paranormal um, psychic, and so much more. We got oh, Sean Gordon Murphy. He's the Batman author. He's the guy who writes Batman for DC right now. One of the top comic guys around. He's coming here. Um, we also have major comic book um, illustrators out of Minneapolis, Dave Wheel and John Bivens. Um, lots of other guests. So many activities and things going on. Um, it's cheap. You can come in just for an afternoon if you want or stay all weekend. There's a lot of stuff going on. Check it out. Valleycon.com. Very cool. And, of course, I'm Conrad Fargo. This has been The Fargo 5. Subscribe. Find us on conradfargo.com forward slash The Fargo 5. Or just find us on Facebook. To, uh, look for The Fargo 5. And we will see you next week going out here with uh, Kowloon and Wake Up. See you next week.